Live with CDP, a weekly sports and entertainment podcast, live on YouTube, Facebook Live, Twitter, and on audio via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, and Anchor FM. Now here's your host, Chris Pame. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Live with CDP's Talk, Season 4, Episode 40 tonight. Sponsored by Barry Cullen Chevrolet, 905 Woodlawn Road West in the Guelph Auto Mall. You guys can check out their uh, new and pre-owned vehicles at barrycullen.com. And also, guys, the all-electric Silverado is now available for pre-ordering through beer.com as well, or give them a call at 519-824-0210, or again, barrycollin.com. And uh, again, they're located at 905 Woodlawn Road West in the Guelph Auto Mall. And thank you so much to Barry Collin Chevrolet dealership here in Guelph for sponsoring Live with CDP podcast as well. Guys, just bear with me one minute, and I'm going to bring on my guest tonight. And I'm looking forward to speaking to my guest tonight. She's also a big soccer fan as well. Uh, just give me one second, and I'm going to bring on my guest. Her name is Anandi Carol Woolery. She's the host of Rogers TV, uh, your, your, religion, your region this week. I can speak, guys. And, uh, and also, she's a correspondent, uh, arts correspondent for Grand River Living with Rogers TV as well. And she's also a huge soccer fan fan so a little bit about soccer as well just one moment and i'm going to bring on my guest and andy carol woolery good evening how are you i'm great how are you chris good i sometimes i i gotta slow down a little bit sometimes i i get a little amped up doing this so i just but i anyways i thought i did okay with the intro Oh, you did fantastic. And we'll both do it. I am from the Caribbeans and we speak very quickly. So I told myself, go slow, take a breath. So we'll both take a breath and we will proceed. We're good. How are you doing? I am great. It's it's a lovely Wednesday. I, I just was up in St. Jacobs to run an errand and it's beautiful. It's a gorgeous fall day. Yeah, we were supposed to get some bad weather today, like uh, high winds and rain and stuff. But I don't think that I, I don't think the weather people were right about that. No, it was not as promised. It did not deliver. <laughs> How was your Thanksgiving? Did you? Have oh, it was really nice. Uh, Sunday, we were, were in Richmond Hill, and I was with my in-laws and with my nephews from Ottawa and my nephew from Bracebridge. I have a lot of nephews for some reason because I have nephews from Florida too. So I don't and Jamaica. So uh, got to see all my nephews and also my niece from Ottawa. And then on Monday, my son visited and so did my brother. And we went for a walk in the Huron natural area. It was yeah, it was just low key. And even when, when people came on Monday, it was leftovers. I didn't have to cook. So bonus for that. That's good. Yeah, I had uh, Thanksgiving with my mom on the Sunday. It goes by really quick, eh? It just comes and then it's like gone. And next the next holiday, I think, is what? Christmas. Yes, it will be Christmas. I was going to say, hey, uh, as we were talking earlier, I guess, uh, what's the latest with Rogers TV? I guess uh, your region, you're the host and also an arts correspondent for Grand River Living. Right. So I'll, I'll clarify that. So I am a host for uh, your region this week. I am the host, I should say, for your region this week. That That's a, a weekly uh, community matters show that started in May of 2019. And actually the arts correspondent uh, gig was my first on-air appearance for Rogers TV and for Grand River Living. And that's sort of ancient history. That was like back in 2010. And that was a great little show produced by Shane Kett who works out of the London uh, Rogers TV 20. And uh, unfortunately, the show did not, uh, you know, th you know, these things, they come, they go. So Grand River Living is no longer on air, but I had a great time uh, being the arts correspondent and learning more about the vibrant art scene in the area. Okay, I should, uh, me bad on there. I should have uh, checked with you. And no, I, I love well. talking about it. There's oh. no bad at all. Okay. Hey, it's a learning experience as well. Uh, overall, how did you like doing the Grand River Living show? 
I I really did love it. Um, I started with Rogers. We're just really wanting to know more about television production. When I was a little girl, uh, I, I I just loved Romper Room, things like that. And I and I you know you know the uh, Magic Mirror, you know. And I see, and I see George, and I see Chris. And she never said I see a Nandy. And I always thought if I were the host of the show, I would call out like my brother's name and my sister's name. And I really little, I got this bug for, for wanting to be involved in television. Uh, my mom took me to see a taping of 100 Huntley Street. I don't know if you know that, that show. I remember like, it, yes. Yes, yes. And I was just amazed because it's a really small stage. The, the studio is amazingly small. On TV, you think it's ginormous. Uh, but I got to see the magic of television and cameras and floor directors. And I took that all in. And you know, years later, I was married, I had children. And I, I think I was at Conestoga Mall, and they had a volunteer fair there and Rogers TV had a table out and I chatted with them. And they were very friendly. And they said, Yeah, please apply. And I started as a volunteer, I think back in maybe 2000, and either 2008, 2009, or earlier, I don't know, it's, it's been a long time. So doing camera work, going out to do hockey games, being in studio, floor directing, audio, you know, everything you want to know about, about TV production. And then I think it was 2010, maybe, uh, they had auditions to uh, for, uh, you know what, it was auditions for something else. They wanted like a roving reporter to do like one minute uh, throws or for, for events in the area. And I, vol I I auditioned for that and I didn't get the position, but they had my audition tape somewhere in a pile. So when Grand River, uh, Grand River Living came up, they were looking at the old audition tapes and they offered me um, the chance to be an arts correspondent. So you never know, like showbiz is crazy. You get, you get these rejections, but then sometimes they say yes as well, right? Absolutely. And I'm learning that too right now. Um... I've uh, been rejected a number of times by radio stations and stuff like that. But you know what? I'm not giving up on my uh, dream and goal of being in radio. And uh, I'm just working harder every day to produce good podcast shows. And uh, I love hearing my guest stories, too, especially people that are with, involved with Rogers TV like me. And uh, it's been a pretty good uh it's been a pretty good opportunity for me to learn the TV side of it uh, during camera work. And I'm hoping one day they'll have me on air. That's my main goal is to do some uh, on air work for Rogers TV one day. I, I hope. Yeah, absolutely. And Ro Rogers is great for getting to know the community. And you, you, you say you like stories. I have a good story for you here. So uh, I said earlier that uh, your region this week started in May of 2019 and yeah, we, we were just chugging along. And that summer, my um, husband, uh, we went as, actually I shouldn't say my husband, we went as a family, which included my husband. We went to see Come From Away at the Elgin Theatre in Toronto. So of course, Come From Away, the story of Gander, uh, Newfoundland, what happened there um, in the aftermath of September 11th. And, you know, we were just in, in the, um, we were looking at the, uh, at the program and I saw this name and it said Barbara Fulton, and I'm like, why do I know that name? And I, I'm a pack. I, I, I keep all my old emails. I went into my phone and I looked up the name, and I'm like, oh, hello. I interviewed her for Grand River Living 2011. I actually met Barbara Fulton way back when, and she played Diane in that Toronto production. Uh, there was a couple, Nick and Diane. So uh, Barbara was Diane. And I thought I, I felt it was a bit of an omen that I that that you know there was a it was a cute coincidence, and I didn't know the full story of Come From Away. So I don't know if you know the idea behind it that it's uh, Janice Gowdy, um, and in real life Janice the character of, of of Janice Gowdy is based on the real life reporter Janice Mosher. So. Um, when she was covering, like, is Gander, Newfoundland is like, like Newfoundland's small to begin with and a bit remote. And she was like one of the few reporters in Gander. So she was the one on the ground reporting back all these stories. And I love what, how she quoted it, like her first line, if not her first, like close to her first week being there. She's like, I'm Janet Mosher from Rogers TV. I'm new. It's my first day. Can you imagine that being your first reporting gig? 
And that just gave me chills because it was a somewhat seasoned Rogers TV anchor slash reporter. And here was someone I had interviewed before, that being Barbara Fulton. And yeah, it, it was just, it just felt like, like, like a kind of an omen that things were coming full circle for me. Because uh, my, my, my day job is not broadcasting. My day job is a government worker. And it kind of gave me hope. Yeah, yeah, this path, this other aspiration that I have, it was like a, a, pat on, a pat on the back from the universe saying, yeah, Nandy, keep on doing what you're doing. I was going to say, when I was in New York City in September of 2017, I had a chance to go to see that play. It was right across the street from the Marriott Hotel in New York City. Mm. And now the only part of that trip I regret is I didn't go, go get to see that play uh, that was playing right next door to the hotel at the theater in New York City. Oh, it, it was wonderful. And even if you listen to the music afterwards, not even seeing the characters like bring tissue. It is it is amazing. It is it is tears. It is joy. And it's makes me very proud to be Canadian, the kindness of Canadians. And we come through for each other. Yeah, that's hard to believe. It's what. Oh, and I will say that. on. Go ahead. 21 years. And on that note, on that note. Um, so I was a newest report. I was a newest anchor for your region this week, right? I said, so I started May 2019. And so March 2020, do you know where I'm going with this? The pandemic, March yeah. 2020, I got the call and it said, your region this week is going to be on break. And I said, no problem, because I'm hearing all this other news. Work was shut down. The schools were shut. You know, I think March break got extended to three weeks. And there was this thing called COVID. And the producer at Rogers TV, Robert Kubinga, said, well, um, would you be willing to do COVID-19 updates? And I said, oh, absolutely. And that was my service back to the community. Because, again, I was actually thinking of come from away because uh being, you know, just getting that news out to the community and being that reassuring voice. I hope I was reassuring. I hope so. To say, you know what, it's kind of scary. I'm a little scared too, but we're in this together. We'll keep each other safe and we'll come out of this okay. That was my wish for for our for our for our watchers on Rogers TV. And I uh, I was just starting to learn how to do cameras when we got shut down at Rogers. And I, a year and a half I lost of doing camera work. And one thing that got me through the pandemic, and I'll be honest with you, is I started up my podcast. I think I had some people laugh at me. Oh, what are you doing? Whatever. And I said, no, I'm going to start up my own podcast in March of 2020. I did my first episode. And tonight you're my 205th episode later on. Woohoo, 205. Woo -woo. Yeah, so that really helped me get through the tough times. I, I didn't get I didn't have any guests uh come on for four months. I wasn't very good to be honest. And as soon as I got one guest on, it, it just led to more guests. And uh it's just reps and hard work. Exactly. Yeah, you have, you have to keep uh, beating the you know, hitting the pavement and asking, and it, it comes down to some some will say no. And some will say yes, and it's amazing where those roads lead to. I definitely, and this leads to my next question I wanted to ask you here. Where did you attend school, and did you have any mentor or mentors uh, when you were in school and when you graduated from school, from college or university? Huh. Okay, great question, Chris. So uh, my school journey was really interesting. Uh, my parents were always moving. So every year from from junior kindergarten, till grade three, I was at a different school every year. So I was in school in Ottawa, then I was in school in Toronto, I actually was in Keatsway um, here in Waterloo for a little bit for grade one. And then we moved back to Toronto. And then I was at Kitchener at Pruder Public School, shout out to Pruder Public. And when I was nine years old, my parents actually just before my ninth birthday, my parents and our family moved back to Trinidad and Tobago, which is where they're from. And, you know, for the first time, I kind of had some stability in my in my school life, because, like I said, we were always moving and every year was a new school. Every year, my brother and I were the new kids in school. And that that's really hard. I mean, we learned resilience from that, but and it was not easy. Um, so, yeah, so I went to a uh, Mucarapro Girls Roman Catholic School in Trinidad and Tobago and St. Joseph's Convent, Port of Spain is the high school I went to, uh, which is one of I would say one of the top 10 schools in Trinidad and Tobago. I, as for mentors, that is a great question. Um, I would have to say 
my my mentor slash favorite teacher was a teacher called Mrs. Haynes. Uh, she was our science and our religion teacher. It was a it's a convent school, so we had to take religion. And she was so irreverent when it came to the religion classes. I just loved her. <laughs> she just had to teach it because she had to teach it. And that's me. Like I tend to question things. I don't think take things at face value. If things don't make sense to me, I will question it. Uh, Mrs. Haynes was great for that. She also taught biology. And I was doing great in all my subjects except biology. And um, she knew I was bright because all my other marks were great, but I just I just didn't like biology. I, a little part of me is lazy. Um, I like math because once you get the formula, it's easy. And I like physics for the same reason to get it is easy. Chemistry, it's just logic. Bio, they were, I feel, okay, between you and me, I thought bio, they were just making up stuff as they went along. <laughs> It's, it's how, it was a lot of facts and it was, uh, it was just a lot of work. And Mrs. Haynes called my father in uh, to talk about my grades. And I was just shocked that, that um, yeah, she, I could just see the disappointment that she had in her eyes. And she says, show um, my dad, she goes, Mr. Prasad and Andy can do so much better. And my dad looked at me and he goes, oh, and Andy will do better. And we got home and he just pointed to the desk in the corner of the office that we had a home office. And that is where I spent the next six months studying for my bio <laughs> for my biology exams. So I really appreciate that Mrs. Haynes had a great sense of humor. Uh, she was smart, she was kind, and she really looked out for her teachers, for her students. Some teachers, you know, they got egos and they're there. I don't know, they're bitter about life and they take it out on the kids, not her. Mrs. Haynes was amazing. She took us on field trips, loved her. And another mentor I had, I would say is my aunt, Sushila. Um, so that's my dad's older sister. She lived in Trinidad and she taught me, I don't know, just, just things about life, about relationships and uh, how to navigate carnival in Trinidad. She was the one that took me out on carnival trips and to hear the steel pan competitions. And she taught me so much. So I would say Mrs. Haynes and my aunt Sushala. Those were my two mentors. I was going to say, um, one thing I wanted to ask you, uh, you already answered my next question. And that's oh. One thing I've learned about listening skills are huge. Uh, this one I wanted to ask you. I can relate to the moving. When I was younger, we moved from Sault Ste. Marie to Mississauga to Clarkson to Oakville and then to Guelph. And when you're a young kid and you're taken out of a city with all your friends and moved to a new city and a new town and a new school, it's hard. And, and mm -hmm. the one year I struggled because I didn't apply myself because I was upset about moving from Oakville to Guelph, which was back in 1981. Oh, I feel you. And that's when we moved to Trinidad. We moved to Trinidad in uh, 82, around the same time. Yeah. So, yeah, I, it can be tough on young kids uh, when you move them out of their city and to a new school and stuff like that. It, it, it really is difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So. That, that that move to Trinidad was really good because now we were, we I had that stability of being at one particular school and then I had family there. Uh, we had lots of family. My mother's one of 11. My father's one of five. And it was like family out the wazoo. And it was it was fantastic. How far is Trinidad from Canada? And how long of a, is a flight down there? I, I've never even been on an airplane. Oh, okay, my husband will not be happy. I don't pay attention. I just get on the plane and I wait till I get there. Okay. <laughs> I, think it, I think it's seven hours. <laughs> Definitely. It, my next question I was going to ask you, and you already answered it. Uh, how did you become a volunteer with Rogers TV? Uh, do you remember the first person who you talked to back then that got the ball rolling off to get into Rogers? So, uh, I was in, uh, the person who interviewed me was Michelle Hughes, actually. And Michelle has since left Rogers, but she and I are still uh, friends on Facebook. I don't think I, uh, she was the person that I met at the volunteer fair. It was it was other people. Uh, but Michelle uh, on onboarded me, um, and then we just had to go for training. I remember going for mobile training uh, so that we could do hockey. Um, and then what sh shows did we do? In okay, so you know you you might know a guy called um, Mike Farwell. Yes, I do very yeah. well. Yes. Mike Farwell used to have a talk show on Rogers TV, and that might have been Thursday nights, and that was taped. That was live to air. Uh, so we'd go in and, and he would have his guests and his big discussions. So he, this was before.
before he was on 570 City News. Um, so, I, and then there was another show we did called um, Real Woman Live. And the host, that was Trish Stevenson, I think. Again, no longer with Rogers, but I do keep in touch with her. And Trish would have all sorts of guests on uh, for for thing. Well, I think mostly it would be it would be female guests that she had that would talk about career and family and fashion, and that was another another fun show. Now, have you had any involvement with uh, one of my guests that have been on here, Danielle Jaworski? Have you had any dealings with her? No, with Rogers TV. Oh, no? Danielle, Danielle. Dan yes, you know yeah. what? Not directly. I think Danielle has a. Was that the C Suite? She had a show yes. called the C Suite. Yeah. Like yep. I said, these these things come and they go. And so I had the pleasure of meeting Danielle at an Oktoberfest Woman of the Year. This is probably pre-COVID when we could see each other for realsies. And Rogers is so kind to us. I have to say they're good to their employees and they're good to their volunteers. When they have extra tickets for events, if it's hockey games and whatnot, they're very generous. We, we do get those, um, you know, they're good. You know, there are a lot of volunteers. So, you know, everybody kind of gets a turn at it. And uh, yeah, I got tickets that year to the Oktoberfest Woman of the Year Festival and I got to meet Danielle. I was going to say since 2009, so you've probably met so many people, uh, volunteers yeah. and, and Roger staff. Yes. Name someone. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been with Rogers now just over three years, but technically it's only been a year and a half because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And overall, it's been a pretty good experience. And uh, I've uh, met a lot of people and, and, and new friendships and contacts and the, uh, learning about the TV side of the industry as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's just amazing that, you know, because when you go to the studio, it is a real studio. And with three different sets, like the one side is and then the other side is where they do the, they do the debates. And then the other corner is where I tape your region this week and I have my own desk. Sometimes they borrow it for other things, but I have my own desk. And um, when Bingo comes on, Bingo is in the same corner that I tape but there are panels in the back that we just shift the panels over so that it's a different background. And uh, the bingo fellow, his name is Dave, I think. Yeah. Is it Dave? He's from Lions, I think. Anyway, so then he, the bingo caller and host, he has his own bingo table where the balls come up and he calls it out. And, and uh, yeah, it's actually in the same corner that I tape your region this week, but we shift things around so that it's a whole different set. Have you had any dealings with uh, Giovanni, uh, who does his little oh, trivia show? Yeah, Madman. Yeah, no, sorry, I didn't. I didn't say that out loud. Yeah, I did. Yeah, Giovanni. Um, you know how I met Giovanni as well. We used. Uh, I used to volunteer when I had a, a, a day off. I would go into studio, and there. I think that was the name of the show in studio. And that was like a, a morning talk show type thing with cooking segments and whatnot. And ever so often, Giovanni would pop in to give his his comedy, his take on things. And I uh, now Giovanni does the RTV quiz show on a Wednesday. I can't remember the time, but it does on a Wednesday. Check out the times. He is so funny. It is trivia. And the producer is David Aguiar. And David invited me to be a guest as well. I, I, I just love popping into other people's shows. And uh, yeah, so he... Um, he was he was testing me on the trivia and I didn't do too badly. I did okay. He is hilarious. Absolutely. And he's a general general. Because sometimes you see somebody on TV, they're not the same in, in person and stuff like that. No, Giovanni's Giovanni. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, uh, right now you're really re, you're really not you're Region, sorry for some reason I'm having a, a yeah. You called it your religion this week. I'm like, all right, that's, that's when it comes Re back. Your re uh, region, re region. Um, <laughs> it's on high. Uh, it's on a break right now. So yes, um, yes. You were mentioning before it could be back sometime in November, possibly. I hope so. Yes, I I sort of got the news that. Um, because we, we're, we're sort of one, down one producer, there was sort of some staffing shuffling going on at, at Rogers TV 20. And um, yeah, there, I believe I understood just, I guess not a secret anymore, because I'm going to say it, they're in the process of, of onboarding or having a new uh, producer come on. 
Um, I think they're very close to picking someone. And once that person is on, then we can shuffle things back to where to wait to where they were. Uh, the producer for your region this week is Robert Cubinga, the amazing Robert Cubinga. And because he, um, you know, he still needs to sleep and he has a wife. So, you know, he had to go home sometimes. He is actually looking after hockey and the, um, a lot of the election specials as well. Uh, so that the, also elections have kept us busy as well. So because of that, you know, I completely understood that your region this week had to take a break. Uh, but elections will be um, uh, over um, October 24th. Everybody go out and vote. Make sure you're registered and be part of the, the decision making process for our region. October 24th, please vote. I'm not saying please vote. Just go and vote. OK, just vote. And. Yeah, once that's out of the way, we're hoping to have a, a producer onboarded and our shows will go back to normal. Fingers crossed. Going to ask you this question. How many people are normally on a set for your region? Oh, my gosh. So on your region this week, before COVID, it would be myself as the host. Robert would be the producer and we would have one person doing graphics Um that would be like putting the name, name keys underneath and doing transitions. And there, there would be somebody doing audio as well with the boards. And then somebody would run the teleprompter for me because uh, it, it can be quite dense. So I, I, there was one week the teleprompter was broken and I had to memorize the script, but I do use a teleprompter and somebody has to run the prompter for me. I was going to say, uh, just being a volunteer at Rogers before I even uh, became a volunteer, I had no idea how much work there is in a scene in a pre-production and then set up and then tear down. The The audience at home or sports fans don't realize it really is a team effort to make a broadcast. And it's not just the hosts of the broadcasters that get all the credit. You need camera guys. You need the audio guys. You need the graphics guys. You need the producer. It's 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 truly a team effort. And, you know, we don't, that was one change I saw when I started, I, I also did camera work. I was a camera operator and now in studio, all the, all the cameras are robotic. So they're all, they're all controlled. Uh, I point up, it's not in my house, but in the studio, our studio is on the ground floor and the control room is upstairs. So the control room upstairs was controlling the cameras. So yeah, that, that was one volunteer position that disappeared was camera operators. I was going to say, unfortunately, I still believe in camera operators because, like I said, technology is great, but sometimes it breaks down. And uh, I was mentioning this to somebody today at BMO Field in Toronto. They will not even accept cash. If you don't have credit card or debit card, you they won't accept it. And I said, wow. what happens if you have a power outage and your machines go down? Well, nobody can buy anything. And I'm like, right. we won't supposed to talk about machines going down, Chris. Well, they there are positives with it, but I I I I still believe in having people ha be able to do cameras and also like with the cash and the debit cards and stuff like that. Technology is great, don't get me wrong, but sometimes it, it it's not perfect and it breaks down. Right, right. I'm so glad I learned camera on mobile as well. I went to an ENG, and ENG is when you go out to shoot uh, story sort of on the fly. And uh, yeah, it's very different, uh, not very, it's a bit different. And it's actually more automated with the ENG cameras than with the mobile. Mobile, we sort of do our own white balance and we do our own, um, we have to, you know, get our focus all all correct. Whereas with the ENG cameras, uh, it's, it's very automated. And it's like, keep it on auto, don't touch anything, let the camera do its thing. Yeah, I had yeah. To we're, we're, we're losing some knowledge. Yeah, auto yes. is nice. It's it's but it you lose you lose some knowledge and you lose some skill in the process. Absolutely. Now, as a, a viewer, what is the daily week like being a part of the uh, of the show, your region? And can you just tell the audience just a little bit behind the scenes uh, with the producers and the guests and who books the guests and uh, uh, and who helps with uh, bringing the guests on and 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 stuff like that ahead of time. Right. So for your region this week, uh, Robert, I, I say Robert does the heavy lifting and I do the light lifting. So Robert is the producer and he will go out and get the stories. Uh, so he is well aware of all the all the news that's happening in the region. Your region this week is not breaking news. So if there's a fire or a robbery or something on the loose, we are probably not going to cover it. But if there's something big coming up, there's a new business opening, 
um, let's say there's some changes to the ion, something that would have, you know, would have a, a really big impact to people in our region, then those are the stories that we're kind we're, we're going to cover. Um, so Robert is the one that will go out and get that stories. Um, Rogers TV has a great bunch of producers. Um, Patty Berardi, she's also a volunteer coordinator. She will get stories. Uh, a lot of her stories come out of the Brantford area. And uh, Carla Fitzsimmons, she's also a producer, a veteran producer at Rogers TV. And she will go and get stories. I, I, she just did one about the police chorus. Uh, that they do their fundraising and it was, it, was a, it was a really really nice story and we're getting these a lot of feel-good stories now that we're coming out of COVID and people are meeting back in person uh, it's nice it's nice to see people meeting again now in terms of uh, being like getting guests so when I was a correspondent for um, Grand River Living it could go one of two ways so the producer at that time was Shane and Shane might say uh, there's a, there's an art exhibit um, at Homer Watson. I'd like to cover it. Can you can you do Saturday? And I'd say yeah, absolutely. And he said okay. Can you contact? Um, like he would have contacted this artist already to confirm the day and the time, but then he would give me their information. And I would reach out to the artist, um, and I would or the, or the singer or whatever artist or artiste, and I would do a pre-interview with them to see how we how the story would go. And then I would come back based on the information I had. I would uh, write up a script and then we would show up on location and do the taping. Uh, um, Shane would do the camera and sort of the directing slash audio. He did everything. And I would do the interview. And I'd also I would have had an intro, an intro and an outro prepared as well. And we would tape that on location. And once everything was on tape, uh, Shane would take that back to the studio and edit, and uh, he'd edit my story, the one that we had done together. And there might be three or four segments on Grand River Living. So he would have done that for, for the other correspondents as well. Usually, do you know, oh, I'm going to say his name wrong, but he's the food food critic with the CBC KW, Andrew. Andrew C., do you know, do you know what I'm talking about? No. He, he, no. Okay. If you go to C, CBC, uh, I'm not promoting somebody else, but it's okay, CBC KW, CBC slash KW. Um, the food critic there, he used to be on, he used to be an arts, uh, he used to be the food uh, correspondent on Grand River Living. Um, yeah, so this, this is how we all got our start. And ta-da, at the end of it, you know, ma many hands went into it and ta-da, there was a, there was a really high quality show at the end that got broadcast. Your region is usually on Friday nights at seven. Is it Friday. normally Friday nights at seven? Uh, Friday nights at seven. Yeah. Uh, is and, it normally a half an hour show or an hour show? It is a half an hour show. It's half an hour. And if 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 it gets preempted for um for hockey, don't cry. It gets rebroadcast at ten o'clock. It's a, on a Friday as well, and it does repeat throughout the weekend. And you were mentioning how many segments do they have for a show, and what's the time uh, frame for each segment? It really depends on the story. If it's a more in-depth story, we might just end up having three stories that are a bit longer. Um, if there's hockey going on, I, either I will do hockey highlights and or Sean Fafaro will do the um, hockey highlights. Sean would, wouldn't be in studio. He would have taped it somewhere else and he would give Robert his tapes. And um, or lacrosse. When lacrosse was happening, I was doing lacrosse highlights as well. If there's sport, we tend to we tend to throw that in. And if it's a short of shorter stories, I think we can do probably as much as five. Okay. I was just curious yeah. about that. Cause I know with TV, uh, there's a little more condensed. It's more condensed than in radio from what I've seen so far. Yeah. And because now we have things like YouTube at our disposal, if an interview goes like really well, uh, we will do an extended interview and that will go on YouTube um, on the Rogers TV uh, official channel. This leads to my next question. What I, I, I rewarded this most memorable story you've covered so far with Rogers TV. And who are some of your uh, most memorable guests you've uh, interviewed so far in your, uh, I think, 12 year career with Rogers? Oh, my goodness. So the most memorable story um, was this year. Actually, I went to Brantford. Now, Patty Berardi, like I said, she she uh, is based in Brantford. And somebody had contacted her from Brantford. And fortunately, um, 
uh, a young a young girl. She was 12 years old, preteen. She took her own life. Um, she she died by suicide. And um, the you know it was still very new. I think maybe uh, maybe just over a month had passed since um, it had passed, and since since she had passed away, and her mom just you know in her own pain, she was already thinking about other families, and so that it wouldn't happen to them. And so what had happened was that. Um, Grace, I keep mixing up the mom, and I believe Grace is the little girl. Um, Grace um, was having some mental health um, issues, and that was exacerbated from by bullying at school. And you know, it just it just moved me to tears what she had to go through, and um, all of this too was exacerbated by isolation and lack of of access to resources because of COVID. And because of rules, if you're not feeling well, you can't, you know, you know, those the rules are not bad. They're there to keep us safe. Um, but if you are having a mental health crisis, it doesn't help. And uh, unfortunately, Grace, um, um, I believe she found um, some painkillers and unfortunately, um, you know, like I said, um, died by suicide. Um, so that that one really did hit me hard. Uh, just because um, in my own family, I have a daughter um, and, you know, actually, I shouldn't say daughter because when I'm actually on the show, I called her a family member, but I guess the, the, the jig is up. Um, so one of my daughters, um, when she was in high school, was having some challenges and the pressure of school. And, and um, I, I, you know, as this mom was telling me all these stories, I just like I was just thinking of my own baby, my own daughter. Uh, so I think that's why that one hit me hard. And it was, um, I felt, how to say, like humble seems cliched, but I, I was I was amazed that the mom would share all this information, really personal information, but she was doing it for the greater good. And that I could be part of that to tease the story out and um, guide it along yeah, that was an honor. It was like humbling, but an honor at the same time. Yeah, it, it, it's hard to describe, but that is the most memorable for sure. And who are some of your most memorable guests oh. uh, you've interviewed so far in your career? Oh, yeah. So I already I already mentioned Barbara Fulton mm -hmm. uh, from uh, from Come From Away. So back then she was uh, she's a jazz singer. So she was she's doing she was doing a Duke Ellington I think she traveled with the Duke Ellington Orchestra, and that's what she, um, yeah, that was what we were covering jazz that night. And another guest, oh my gosh, all my guests that I covered, um, I just don't remember their names. Um, there was, they, I remember going down to Air as well, and there was an artist there, a, a visual artist. Oh, Okay, after the art, I'll tell you another, a lot of artists. I met a lot of artists and I am I am not very good at art, but people are just so kind and, and they, they taught me so much about art and it's about expressing yourself. It's not about being a Da Vinci. It's just about what is, what is, what's inside you and bringing it out and expressing yourself. Um, yeah, he did beautiful floral, like that whole wall would be a painting. So I remember that fellow and um, uh, there was a lady at Homer Watson. Her name was Supriya. And she did, uh, she did uh, like 3D art. So she did it with paints and batik and wax. And she we, she set it up to teach me how to do it. Because most time our interviews up to that point was kind of like talking heads or like how you and I are talking now, questions back and forth. But she is like, no, I'm going to teach you. We're going to do a demo. And I would say that was probably one of my best uh, tapings of Grand River Living because I was, I was just myself. Um, I think you might identify with this. Sometimes when you come on, you're a little nervous. So you can be, sometimes you can be a little stiff and formal, uh, but she just put me at my ease and I had such a fun time. I forgot there was a camera there. So I remember that session with Supriya. Do you have any rituals before you uh, go on live uh, with, uh, with uh, your region? Uh, like when you, do you have any rituals when you uh, will go behind the camera? Absolutely, I I do. I, that I I have my routine down, uh, so I will pack my bag. 
Do you see my bag? My Hokusai bag, the Great Wave. That is my bag that I has has my stuff. My makeup is in there. My water bottle, Rogers TV, is in there. And oh yeah, I should have had the bag. I have a mirror in there, so I make sure my bag is packed. If Robert has sent me a script from beforehand, um, I will have that printed off, and I would have read it a couple of times. Uh, generally, no. Um, I, I just get the script when I get there and I'll read it over a couple times. I will do my makeup and I do vocal warm-ups. Um, and the ones that I recommend, if I'm allowed to recommend one, is uh, there is a public speaker teacher called Roger Love. He's based out of Los Angeles. And he has a book called Love Your Voice. You can actually borrow it from the library. And it comes with a free audio CD and it has a daily warm-ups for male and female, and I ended up treating myself for my birthday maybe a year ago, and I bought the actually I actually bought the Roger Love uh, Love Your Voice course, and uh, I, I I do my I do my vocal warm ups, and he also has special classes as well, like special not classes lessons I should say depending on if if he's, like if you're going to do a, a comedic um, a comedic presentation. There is a lesson on that, so you can get tips on how to change your pitch and to make sure that you leave enough room for laughter. Because if you just keep going and you don't give people a chance, to, if you know you, you don't want to kill the laughter if you're if you're doing a, a, a comedic or a humorous speech. So, uh, Roger Love, that's my guy. I do highly recommend him. And uh, we, uh, when I get to the studio, Robert and I uh, just go over the script. If it's hockey, I don't really follow hockey, Chris. Sorry. I don't know these names. Oh my, <laughs> you know, and it's a lot of, a lot of Russian names and a lot of, um, yeah. So I, I have to practice the names. And if, 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 if I don't, if I don't see, if I'm not getting it from the script, I have to mark up my script and make sure that it's written out phonetically. So I do get their names uh, correct. I should look into that Roger Love book because I do listen to all my podcast shows after and I've had some other guests tell me this too. They struggled when they first started uh, going into broadcasting. They hated their voice. And, and uh, I think maybe that book you just mentioned, maybe I should look into to getting it and stuff like that for my voice. I do recommend it. And the audio exercises are awesome. Definitely. And uh, like I said, and this leads to my next question. I saved the best for last. Do you have any hobbies uh, favorite music, movies, and just tell us about soccer and the uh, SoCal Warriors. Yes, and yes. Uh, which I, which which jersey is that, and which this, player is that? This is this is a vintage jersey. I don't think it's vintage. Somebody looks at it and said, "Oh, you got a you got an old jersey." So this is a soccer jersey from 2006 version for Trinidad and Tobago. So. Where's my, logo? Where's my logo? There's my logo there. So, uh, yeah. So hobbies, like I love public speak. Like, okay, well, because I know we only have limited time. So we'll be here forever. But uh, <laughs> I can't tell you all my hobbies. But, you know, I, I think I think we hit the high points. And then you were asking me what was my favorite song earlier. And I'm like, I don't know. I can give you the top 100. And then the end, we 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 settled on the Soka. I said, let's do Soka Warriors. Because I want, I want to talk about... Uh, so Soka Warriors. And uh, for movies, I want to do a shout out for Muriel's Wedding. And I believe Muriel's Wedding, which is a great indie film from Australia, um, that turns 25 this week. So shout out to Muriel's Wedding. So anyway, let's let's get into the uh, to the to the Soka Warriors. So you guys know that uh, this year is a World Cup year in Qatar and uh, Canada is going and uh, from CONCACAF. So if, you know, it's limited spots for CONCACAF, so that means Trinidad and Tobago did not make it. And Jamaica did not make it. My husband's Jamaican. So it's Canada. It, it's, it's, it's all good. So um, back in, um, just to, to give some background for like, Tr Trinidad is not really a soccer powerhouse per se, but you know, they love soccer. It's, you know, because we have the British, uh, the, you know, the British colonial history, cricket and soccer is like really, really big there. So like the closest, like, I guess the journey to World Cup kind of started for Trinidad and Tobago in 1973. And they were playing against the um, Haiti. They were actually in Haiti 
And, you know, it was a crucial game. If they won, they would have made it to the 1974 World Cup. Guess what? Five goals were disallowed. Trinidad scored five times and all five times those goals were disallowed. So even, you know, you're kind of looking at the officiating and it was a little bit of sketchy. And in the end, Haiti won 2-1. Now, I'll give away my age. Like I was only a baby at the time. I have no memory of it. But my dad would always talk about it. Right. And he was kind of really he was a little bitter about it. So now let's go 16 years later. So this is 1990. So this is the World Cup in Italy. So I would have been in high school. I would have been a, a teenager. So we got to the point where Trinidad just needed to tie their final game in the, in the, in the round robin. They were playing at home and they were playing against USA on November the 19th, 1989. I knew it because I was there in the stadium watching that game with my dad. And there were 30,000 fans there. It was all these red jerseys, right? And we could not lose. Oh, they're not these red. It was a different red jersey. This is later. And then in the 38 minute, the USA scored. It was uh, Cal Calgary. He scored. And we waited. That was, that was minute 38. And then so we had to wait the next 60 minutes. And then 90 minutes came, it was still 1-0. Trinidad had lost. So that was it. We couldn't go to Italy either. So then now, this is like November 2005. I'm a grown woman. Again, 16 years later, I'm a grown woman. I got a family. And my dad is like, oh, and Andy, did you hear? Trinidad might make it to the World Cup. And I'm like, where have I heard this again? I am not getting my hopes up. And it was not looking good. So it was kind of like a, a, a last, it wasn't even the proper round robin for CONCACAF. It was like a, a wild card spot. So Trinidad were playing in Bahrain in the Middle East. Trinidad was at a disadvantage because they were actually in Bahrain. And it was like, oh my gosh, it was so painful to watch. And then Trinidad and Tobago scored. And it was like, oh, can we hold it? Can we hold it? And they held it. So they actually did get to go to the World Cup in uh, 2006, uh, which was in, in, in Germany, actually. So I don't know if you have time to hear about how, okay, I just told you how Trinidad made it to the World Cup. Do you want to hear how I made it to the World Cup? Yes, yes. All right. You got right, a few more minutes. Let's you do got it. a few extra minutes. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. So I am all excited and I'm like, all right, I want to go see my Soka Warriors, right? That's how we call them. The Soka is a Trinidadian type of music and Warriors is fighters. So we are the Soka Warriors. And so World Cup tickets are pretty hard to come by. And to be fair to the fans, it's kind of assigned on a lottery basis. You put your name in and then you're, you're advised later on if you got in or if you got if you got in or not. So I put in for three tickets for the three Trinidad and Tobago games. And again, fingers crossed. So a couple of weeks later, I got an email saying I got one ticket for one game and it was Trinidad versus Paraguay on June the 20th, 2006 in Kaiserslautern, Germany. I'd never heard of Kaiserslautern. Didn't matter. I was going, I had my ticket. So the day, okay. I'm a bit of a procrastinator. A little bit. And my husband's reminding me, Anandi, you have your soccer ticket. You do not have your plane ticket. Can you book your plane ticket? Can you book your plane ticket? And I said, okay, fine. So June the 6th, remember that my game was June the 20th. So June the 6th, I finally go out. Back in those days, we, we use these things called travel agents. Do you remember those days, Chris? <laughs> you didn't go online. You had to go through a travel agent to book your tickets. And... Um, yeah, I paid for my non, I bought the cheapest ticket. It was non-refundable. Went home. Phone, like, as soon as I walk in the door, I'm looking for my husband to say, dude, stop nagging me. I bought the tickets. The phone rings. And I'm like, ah, oh, is it a telemarketer? Uh, I'm just going to leave it. And then I'm like, oh, I didn't have, I didn't have caller ID either. I'm like, no, oh, I'll just pick it up. Let me see who it is. And so the person goes, hello, can I speak to a Nandy, Carol Woolery? And I'm like, oh, dang telemarketer right so I said yeah 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 it's me and she goes hi congratulations you're the first prize winner in the Yahoo FIFA sweepstakes and I'm thinking okay is this a scam and I'm thinking did I did I enter any contest and I did I actually did enter a lot of uh, World Cup contests and Yahoo was one of them that I did enter 
And I'm just, and she's like, are you still there, ma'am? I'm like, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. And so what we won, it was now a trip for two to Germany, not just one. And it was two return airfare tickets. Oh, my God. Chris, bear with me here. It concluded airfare and two tickets to see Paraguay. There it is. Tickets, plane tickets, spending money. <laughs> anyway, it was wow. it was just awesome. absolutely fabulous. Yeah, I, I, I keep all my mementos here. So, yeah. So my husband and I actually went to see the um, the 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 Portugal game. And then when I when then he went back to Canada and I stayed back and I, I watched the Trinidad Paraguay game in this shirt and we lost and and it was fantastic. It was it was like the best. And that's yeah, that's the soccer has has a special place in my heart and especially my Silka Warriors. And I put their website down here, too, if people want to check that out. SilkaWarriors.net. Nice. Thank you. No problem. I was going to say, do you have a particular favorite player? And did you were you able to get a lot of pictures of that trip back in 2006? I Yes, I did. So um, the players then um, would have been uh, Dwight York would have been my age. So when he was playing high school, um, when he was playing high school soccer and I was in high school, I would have seen him play high, the, at the high school level. And he actually went on to play um, English uh, professional soccer, and he was with Aston Villa for for many many years, and as well uh, Shaka Hislop as well. Uh, when she and I went to the same high school, and um, yeah, long story. I went to a convent school and I went to a college as well. So he and I went to the same college, and um, he is, I believe, you know, he he's a really talented goalkeeper, and he's now a commentator on ESPN. So I'm always following Dwight and Shaka. And what was what was the other part of the question? Uh, I guess the other part of the question was, uh, you t how many pictures were you able to get of that? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was back in the olden days. Days, yeah. Yeah. So you I still use cameras back then. And not yeah, phones. I, I, I do remember. I think we did have a digital camera. And I remember of running, I remember running out of space because we must have taken like, I don't know, not millions, but probably hundreds of pictures because this was our first time to Europe as well. And I remember going to, because we had to make room on the card. Yeah, it would have been a card. Um, so we went to an internet cafe in, in Frankfurt and uploaded our pictures and then wiped it so that we could take more pictures. So I would say probably close to 800 pictures, I would say. Wow. What was the weather like down there? You remember? Oh, Frankfurt. It was, it was beautiful every day. Uh, so this would have been summer in, in Germany. And it uh, Kaiser Slauten, I think it might have. Oh, it yeah, I, I, it was sort of melancholy the day at Kaiser Slauten was the game where Trinidad and Tobago lost, and it was kind of it was a little rainy and drizzly that day. Uh, but when we went to see Iran Portugal in Frankfurt, it was it was a beautiful sunny evening. And I, I, honestly, I don't remember the weather, but I remember the stadiums, like really state of the art. I had never seen anything like that before. And efficient because it's German, right? And just so clean and efficient getting there. The trains ran on time. You're saying, OK, how do I get to the stadium? This guy, he, this guy, he just pulls out this book. This is not the real book. This is a piece of paper. <clears throat> but he checks the time and he goes, oh, the train will be here in two minutes. And it was <laughs> like Germans. They don't play. How many people were in the stadium? That was my, that's my last soccer question for you. To me, the world cup's like the super Bowl is <laughs> for the NFL here. Well, Oh my gosh. I don't know. Does a hundred thousand sound to be too much? Is that, is, am That'd I would probably be I, reasonable for a soccer <laughs> game over there, especially yeah. if it was a world cup. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I've been in, sorry. I was going to say Trinidad and Tobago was about 30,000. So I'm kind of extrapolating. Yeah. Definitely. Wow. Thank you for sharing that story. And uh, I just have one last question I want to ask you and Andy, and we'll wrap this up. I'd like to have you back as a guest again in the future, but uh, this question, uh, just where can my audience again, find you on social media and any advice for those who are watching live 
or listening to this podcast later on, uh, looking to, to, to volunteer with Rogers TV and to pursue a career in broadcasting. So you can find, uh, probably the easiest way to find me is on Instagram. So it's Trini ACW, T-R, oh, Chris has it on the crawl there. So T-R-I-N-I-A-C-W is the easiest way to find me on social media. If you DM me, I'll, I'll, um, I'll, I'll, I'll get back in touch with you. And, uh, you know, definitely sign up, sign, go to Facebook or Instagram, look for Rogers TV 20 and follow them once they have their volunteer affairs out. You can go visit somebody um, online. And really, if you're if, if you want to be in broadcasting, you know, try to to make yourself available to that to that company. Right. Um, and, and Rogers is just so it's so uh, um, they make themselves very available in Kitchener. Um, we do have a Rogers night coming up uh, for, for Rangers hockey. So check that out. I think that's coming up um, in October. Uh, the 21st, yeah, so, I believe. What, what day? Friday, October 21st. Yeah, that's right. October, Friday, October 21st. Yeah. Come out to a Rangers game. We're going to have a table there. Come and say hi. I believe Giovanni is going to be there. Uh, come and say hi to Giovanni. And uh, Patty Berardi is our, our volunteer coordinator. She's probably going to be there as well. You might even meet the station manager too. Um, and, you know, you'll get the information as to when they're taking applications. Um, and any advice for, for anybody trying to volunteer, you know, keep an open mind. There's so much to learn. And maybe even if you have some broadcast experience, um, I have learned that everybody has their own little way of doing it because I've worked with, when I work, when I say worked, I've done productions with other media companies and everybody just has their own way of doing it. So find out what the culture is like and, and sort of do it their way. And, and um, with the lessons that you take away from it, you, you can obviously, what you like, you can, you can use, if you feel it doesn't work for you, 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 you don't have to use it. And yeah, to pursue that um, career in broadcasting, um, yeah, because I'm in two worlds, right? Because I'm still working full time, so I, I can't do broadcasting full time. I'm doing this as a as a hobby right now, um, but you can um, you can actually if if you are creating a reel, you can create a reel. You can put that on YouTube. Mandy.com as well um, is where you can create an artist profile, either as an actor or for voiceovers as well. Um, you can create a free account. They will nag you to make it a premium account. You actually don't have to make it premium. Um, check out mandy.com and they, they will have, um, the, the free job listings are always there for you and just, just give it a try. I myself dabble in theater. So that keeps my voice fresh and gives me more expressions. And I do storytelling workshops as well with the X page workshops. So I do many things to, I guess for me, my, my, my future career, I don't, it, it may be broadcasting. I hope so, but I feel my future is in storytelling, to be honest. And that's part of the reason I love doing this podcast and my uh, freelance media work is the storytelling uh, from my guest side of it and then to share my life experiences as well. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Everybody everybody has a story, Chris. Absolutely. And uh, I my, my life's like a new book now. I'm opening up a new chapter and uh, I'm hoping one day I will be in the radio industry. And this is something I have a passion for. And that's something that too, it's important. It's not just uh, a career. You, it helps to have passion for, the, for it. And you were telling me something um, about um, how, like, if you want to practice like doing uh, play by plays. There's yes, a way on, of doing it. Yeah, on Twitter spaces. I have a microphone and I plug it into my smartphone. It's not as easy doing it on a TV monitor as it would be at being at a sporting event. But I, I did a little bit of play-by-play -play on Twitter uh, with an NFL game. It is not easy doing play-by-play -play and doing it on a TV monitor. It is, and and uh, I have a little more respect for these guys now because it's not an easy job. And it and doing it on the monitors like they did with the uh, when the COVID shut everything down was not easy as well. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to try that one day. I'm Twitter not, spaces. Yeah, I, I want to be the color commentator though. Okay, well, I'll tell you this. I do have my own live audio show. I'm going to, this is a shameless plug, but I have the uh, Argo Bounce uh, live audio show every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. 
on Twitter with my co-host Nick Small, and we break down the Toronto Argonauts' last game, previous game, and we preview their new game. And uh, last night, uh, my audience has has gotten a little bit bigger, and uh, this is the social media. Everybody complains about the negatives parts of it, but without the technology and the social media aspect of it, I wouldn't have this platform, and it can be a good tool if you use it properly. That's all it is. It's a tool. It can be used for good or for bad. It's just a tool. So if you ever want to come on my Twitter spaces and we can talk on live audio as well. And it's like, great. I've got my own TV show here. And then I've got my uh, live audio show with my co-host, Nick Small, who is a super fan of the Toronto Argonauts and one of the nicest kids. I shouldn't say he's kid. He's 25, but we make a good duel because he talks about the new generation of the CFL and the Argonauts. And I can relate to the old stories from the seventies and eighties. Right. And if I were to come, I would be like, I know nothing about the CFL. Explain it to a newbie. That's where I'm coming from. Well, and you I can love do to, soccer. And I love to learn. Yes, and you can. And then that's what I love about this profession with uh, doing Rogers and Griff Vision with the University of Guelph and even this, constantly learning. And that's what I like. And that's the only way you get better in life and, and keep improving is by learning. The day you stop learning is the day it's time for you to move on from that profession or career. That's right. 100. Definitely. So I was going to say, so maybe one day you can come on Twitter spaces and talk soccer with me. Have a, we'll have a little soccer show on Twitter spaces. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Let's do it. World cup's coming up. There might be some Canadian games we can check out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm willing to learn that. So. Yeah. So your, your people can call my people, which, okay. just, means, which just means you'll message me on Facebook. I think. Yes, definitely. <laughs> but no, I would like that. Like a world cup uh, uh, audio show on uh, Twitter. And uh, I don't know if uh, I guess I'll have to look for you on Twitter. Yes, I'll, 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 I said, you said, and are you on Twitter? I'm like, I am. Do I know what my handle is? I will get that to you. Okay, no problem. <laughs> I, I'm on there constantly. So I, uh, I, it's to the point where I, I need to hire somebody uh, to look after my social media because there's so much of it nowadays. You got to manage it and stuff and keep it up. What's it called? Digital content. That's right. I, I I volunteer with some, with my a cultural association, and I and I'm in charge of their social media. And yeah, I got to I got to do something for Throwback Thursday. I got to do something for Foodie Friday. Yeah, you, I always have to be creating content for those guys. I, and then I don't have time to do it for myself. So, all right. Well, I'm gonna let you go, and Andy. But uh, I think I kept you more than 40 45 minutes. But thank you so much for coming on live with CDP. Sports Talk Season 4, Episode 40, Episode 205. And I really appreciate it. And I would definitely like to have you back on here as a guest in the future and uh, maybe do a World Cup show on my uh, Twitter spaces. All right. I would love to come back. Thanks for having me, Chris. You too. Have a great night. And we'll definitely keep in touch with you on social media. Thank you. Thanks. Good night. Good night. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed my podcast tonight with Annie, sorry, and Andy, uh, Carol Woodley. And uh, I really appreciate her coming on tonight and talking about her experiences with Rogers TV and um, also uh, about her soccer in uh, soccer team as well. The Soka, uh, Soka Warriors as well. So I really appreciate um, Annie and Andy for coming on tonight as well. Guys, uh, just to let you know, uh, like I said, I mentioned this earlier, the Argo Bounce live audio show is every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. on Twitter Spaces with my co-host Nick Small as we break down the Toronto Argonauts previous game and preview their upcoming opponents. And uh, you can check me out on Twitter at Chris D. Palme on Twitter as well. Also, guys, the next live with CDP Sports Talk, sponsored by Barry Cullen Chevrolet. Thursday, October 13th, which is tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Eastern. My guest is going to be Parrish Sharkey. He's a podcast host, producer of Let's Be Real Media in the Memphis, Tennessee area. And she, he also covers the um, uh, Tennessee Titans and the Memphis Grizzlies. So you happen to be a fan of the Tennessee Titans or the Memphis Grizzlies of the NBA. Uh, tomorrow's a show to check out. Season 4, 
episode 41 again with Parrish Sharkey from Memphis, Tennessee. And he'll talk to us a little bit about his podcast show as well and uh, being a producer of Let's Be Real Media as well. So I'm looking forward to that as well, guys. Again, I want to say um, thank you to Barry Collin Chevrolet, 905 Woodlawn Road West in the Guelph Auto Mall. Uh, check out their new and pre-owned vehicle selections on barrycollin.com. And also, guys, the O Electric Silverado is now available for pre-ordering as well. So, again, check out barrycollin.com or give them a call at 519-824-0210 and just say Chris Pame CDP sent me here as well. So a special thanks to Barry Collin again, uh, dealership for sponsoring live with CDP Sports Talk as well. And uh, just like I do this with all my podcast shows, guys, Give me one second, and I'm just going to bring this up right here. Live with CDP Sports Talk. Uh, the audio version is going to be downloaded to Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, CastBox, and LinkedIn as well. And uh, before we wrap this up, guys... Uh, just one second. I have so many graphics on here as well. Uh, Live with CDP uh, Sports Talk is produced by CDP Media Productions. And um, also StreamYard is the official live stream provider of Live with CDP podcast as well. And also you guys can follow me on TikTok at Live with CDP podcast as well. Live with CDP there as well. And just check out my WordPress uh, website, wordpress.com slash live with CDP podcast. I just wrote an article about why the city of Toronto is not supporting the CFL and the Toronto Argonauts at BMO field. And it's a great facility at BMO field. And the Argos are in first place right now in the CFL East nine and six, and they're averaging 11,000 fans. So I hope you guys can check out that article on wordpress.com slash live with CDP podcast as well. And that's about it, guys. Again, I want to say thank you to my guest uh, and Andy Carroll, uh, Carol, and Andy Carroll Woodley for coming on. And I uh, definitely, hopefully, we'll have her on as, again as a guest. And uh, I guess that's about it, guys. I hope you guys enjoy the baseball games tonight. Uh, the Braves and Phillies, I'm not sure they're going to play tonight because there was rain in Atlanta. And the uh, game right now, 837, Padres and Dodgers game two. And, of course, we have the National Hockey League on tonight. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Montreal Canadiens are playing as well. But right now, my focus is on Major League Baseball postseason. It's too early to follow the NHL as well. That's about it, guys. Uh, again, thank you to everybody for tuning in live on my YouTube channel. Please subscribe if you already haven't. And also on Facebook Live. And I want to say thank you to my LinkedIn audience for tuning in to my podcast show tonight as well and again it'll be downloaded in about 10 minutes to uh, apple google spotify anchor fm audio platforms as well so that's about it i hope everybody has a great night and we'll see you guys here tomorrow night at eight o'clock with paris sharkey talking some tennessee titans football from the nfl and memphis grizzlies as well and his podcast show as well let's be real media as well so have a great night everybody and thanks for watching or listening to live with cdp sports talk here good night everyone <laughs>